Good morning. Welcome to White Plains Baptist Church. My name is Gary, and I joyfully serve as here. I want to say a special welcome to you. Thank you for being our guest this morning. You're an answer prayer. I've been praying for you and your family this week, and as our guest, I hope you find that our church is a warm and welcoming group of people. Thank you for being our guest this morning. Kids, it's always good to see you here at church. Thank you for being with us, too. Um, a movie night that's happening this Friday night, and uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited for us to have an opportunity to invite our friends, our neighbors, and uh, our cousins to, uh, to see this uh, Mary Poppins Returns out in the backyard. Hopefully it'll be a nice fall evening. You might want to bring a jacket with you, or a coat, or a blanket to stay a little bit warmer as the sun goes down. But um, we're, what we're going to do, a part of that movie night, is we're going to invite those who come to a community um, fall fest that's going to happen on October 28th. It's a Saturday. We're going to do it from 2 to 5. I am. It's going to be in replace of like a trunk or treat. We'll still have lots of candy. Lots of fun will be had. We might have some trunks full of treats uh, as a part of the fall fest. But uh, this is going to be a fun way to invite some folks to our campus to just enjoy the fall season and get a lot of candy. You can wear your costumes if you want to. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But we're going to have some games that will be out there. And Heather and Cooper was really having a storm session over the last couple of weeks. Some of these things that we could be playing uh, as games. And one of the things that I think Heather came up with this idea was Pie the Pastor. It's a, <laughs> it's a putting game. And if you get a hole in one, I think you get to throw a pie at me. Uh, I, I think uh, open that to the adults too. I don't know if it has to be a kid thing, but um, another idea was to get a dunking booth and dunk a deacon. Now the deacons thought it might be a little too cold at the end of October to be to be having a dunking booth out here, but we might we might can find a way to make that happen. But that'll be happening on, in October on, on the 28th. It's a Saturday. It's right before the Dugal Park has their trunk or treat. So. We're going to hopefully have a, a large crowd. We're going to give everyone who comes a bag with our logo on it so you can st uh, stash all the candy. And if you end up going somewhere else, you can take that bag and, and carry, uh, carry a bunch of candy also with that. So, so kids, be looking forward to that. Uh, we'll have some invitations out here Friday night for the, uh, for the movie. But you're, you're, we're going to go ahead and dismiss you to Kids Church. Uh, kids Church is for kids in kindergarten through fifth grade. And uh, after our service is over... Uh, parents and grandparents, you can pick them up in the lobby. So we're going to be continuing our service, uh, our series th this morning in the letter of 1 Timothy, gospel-centered godliness, being the church in the community. We're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 2 this morning in verses 1 through 7. And you might be wondering while we're jumping all the way to chapter 2 when we just did the first two verses of chapter 1 last week. Well, the big reason is uh, Paul talks about false teachers uh, in, first, in the first chapter of 1 Timothy. And we spent six weeks talking about false teachers, so I didn't want to go through that all over again. But, but just know false teachers are a part of what Paul is addressing here in 1 Timothy. And um, Cooper will be handling some of chapter 1 on the 8th of October when the middle school football team is here and he preaches. And so we wanted to let him have that one. So we're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 7. This morning, and as we study through this letter, I want to keep our focus on its call to godliness. It's all throughout this letter. It's, a, it's mentioned times in 1 Timothy, 
And we're seeing that this call to godliness uh, for Timothy, for church past and for, for church members, this call to godliness is for the sake of the gospel. It's a call to the church and its leadership to live and worship in a way that proclaims the gospel to ourselves, to the church, and also to the community around us. It's important to note that this call to godliness is a response to our salvation. It is not a way to earn our salvation. It's not a cause for our salvation. It is a response to our salvation. You and I, we cannot work our way. Not what's in Scripture. We are saved by, the, by grace through faith. We are saved to do good works, to live a godly lifestyle, and to share the faith that we have with others. So look with me at 1 Timothy chapter 2. We'll, we'll look at verses 1 through 7. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings in all that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm telling the truth, I'm not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. Let's pray in response to what we just read. God, we thank you for your word to us this morning. We thank you for the call to pray. Lord, help us as we heed that call and we practice that this morning. Be with us as we do your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning we're going to be doing things a little bit different. We will hear from God's word. We just heard from, from Paul as he wrote to Timothy, but we're going to put it into practice this morning. This passage is not a difficult passage to understand. It says some hard things for us to actually do, but it's not hard to understand. It gives us a call to action, and we will act on that this morning. So in your notes, go ahead and put down, uh, pray for all people. Pray for all people, including those who have authority over our lives. Paul says that we should pray for all people, including kings and those in high places. Now, we don't have a king. We don't live under a king, but we do have authority. We do live under the authority of a government, and we are to pray for our leaders. Now, this can be difficult for us because we vote for our leaders. And sometimes the ones we vote for don't get elected. And we have to sit under the authority of someone that we didn't choose. But that doesn't free us from this command to pray for our leaders. What should we pray for as we pray for our leaders? It tells us to pray that those who lead, lead in a way to live a godly lifestyle. We pray for those who lead so that they lead in a way that gives us as Christians an opportunity to live a godly lifestyle. Not necessarily a Republican lifestyle or a Democratic lifestyle,
but a godly lifestyle that the Bible describes and defines. You and I are to live godly lifestyles for the gospel. Why? Because God desires all to be saved. Did you know that? God desires all to be saved. Look at this from Ezekiel 18.23. It's going to be on the screen. Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, and not rather that he should turn from his way and live? God desires you and I to turn from our plans to following God's plans for our lives. This is what happened to Paul last week as we looked at Acts chapter 26. God desires all people to be saved. He uses your godly lifestyle in part to proclaim the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus' life, his ministry, his death, his resurrection. All of that he did and went through and, and served for you to know that he loves you. And he made a way for you to be connected or reconnected to God. The gospel is central to our prayers. The gospel is the message of the Bible, and it's central to our prayers. We pray that our leaders, again, lead in a way that allows us to live gospel-centered, godly lifestyles. Because the gospel matters. The gospel matters. Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. He's the only one. If we believe that, the gospel matters because he's the only mediator. We need to let the community know that Jesus is the only way to be made right with God. The community and those who are in it, they are looking for ways to fix their brokenness. They are looking for ways to live through or just survive in their brokenness, and they need to hear the gospel. The gospel proclaims that in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sin brings death forever. Jesus brings life to those who believe. Life forever. Jesus makes us right with God because Jesus died for you. Jesus died because sin demands death. For the wages of sin is death. Sin demands death. Someone has to die for your sin. It's either you or it's Jesus. Jesus took that on himself and he died for you. This is the gospel. This is the message the church has. This is the message of White Plains Baptist Church. This is what informs our prayers for our leaders as we pray for them. This is the only hope that our community has. Jesus is the only hope. This morning, we're going to be doing the Bible. We just read what Paul is encouraging churches to do, to pray for all people, including leaders, so that their leadership allows for Christians to live godly lives, that the gospel can go out through the words and through our lifestyles. God desires all people to be saved, 
the gospel is central to our prayers. And so we're going to pray for those in authority over our lives and for all people this morning. We're going to spend several minutes in prayer together. Now, I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird. I won't ask you to stand up or pray out loud or get into groups or anything like that. But I will open up the altar here if you wish to pray up here. If you wish to pray at your chair, that's totally fine. I did ask our deacons to, to help us in, this, uh, in these prayer sessions, and so I'll go ahead and ask the deacons to come on up as they help us with these prayers. So we're going to spend, just to give you an idea, we're going to spend the next 15 minutes or so in prayer. We're going to be praying for different groups of leaders over our lives. Now I'm going to open up each moment and I'll give you a minute or so to pray for that group, to pray quietly. Then a deacon will help us close for that moment. You'll have in your bulletin on the notes behind uh, the notes on the note sheet there is a list of different folks that have authority over our lives. And we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray according to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Now these leaders that are on this sheet, many of them belong to political parties. This is not meant to be a political exercise. This is not meant to be divisive. We have Republicans, we have Democrats here on this sheet, and there are people on this sheet that you probably didn't vote for. You don't have to vote for these folks, but we do have to pray for them. And so we will pray this morning, as Paul has encouraged us to do. So let's, pr let's begin with praying for our national leaders. You've got a few listed here. Now, there, there's probably leaders on here that I've missed, and it wasn't intentional. It was just because... I'm still learning who all the folks are that represent this area. And so um, if I've missed them, it was unintentional. But here are our, our, our national leaders. We've got President Biden, Vice President Harris, um, Senators Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul. And then I think this is our representative, uh, James Comer. Let's pray for this group of leaders. God, we thank you for the good gift of government. We thank you that there are people... That have, been, that have been in place to watch over us and to protect us. Lord, government is used by you and ordained by you, and we recognize that all the authority that is over our lives ultimately comes from you. And we pray for our national leaders, that they would lead in a way that would allow us to live Christian lives so that the gospel can be proclaimed. Take a moment and pray quietly for our national leaders.
Dear Heavenly, dear Heavenly Father, <clears throat> Lord, I just pray for our I pray for our president, our president, cabinet members, members of Congress, Lord. I pray that they will work to represent our country's best interest. I pray, Lord, that they will seek your will and, ser and serve this country and not themselves, Lord. And most of all, Lord, I, I pray that they will work to unify this country under your rule and your leadership. These things we ask in your son's holy and blessed name. Amen. So let's transition and think through our state leaders. Let's get a little closer to home. We have Governor Andy Bashir, Lieutenant Governor Jacqueline Coleman, Kentucky Senator Max Wise, and Representative Sean McPherson. God, we thank you for our Kentucky state government. We give our leaders to you, knowing many of them claim faith, Christian faith, and we ask that you would make that Christian faith a priority in their minds as they look to lead this great state. Lord, that Kentucky would be a beacon for the gospel. We are located in the Bible Belt, but the gospel still needs to be told, still needs to be demonstrated, still needs to be acted on. But I pray that our state leaders will lead in a way that allows us to live lives that reflect the gospel and share the message that Jesus is the only way. Take a moment to pray for our state leaders. Grace, Heavenly Father, I give thanks for this day, Lord. I just thank you for the command to leaders. Lord, I just pray for our state leaders as they um, make decisions that um, affect us here in Kentucky. And Father, we just pray for them, give them wisdom to um, make decisions that allows Christians to live a godly life. Lord, I just pray, watch over them and keep them safe. Lord, I pray these things through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I know that we don't all live in Allen County, but let's pray for our Allen County government leaders. Allen County Judge Executive Dennis Harper, Magistrates Todd Bransford, Wendell Sears, Tony Wolf, Ricky Cooksey, and Anthony Thompson. Let's pray for them. God, we thank you for this wonderful county that we call home. We thank you for the good things that you are doing here. Uh, in our community, we pray that, that it would continue and that you would be at work in the lives of our leaders, that the gospel would be a focus of the way they lead here 
in our county. We thank you for a wonderful place that we call home. And we pray that we can live gospel-centered, godly lifestyles here in Allen County. Take a moment and pray for our county leadership. Father God in heaven, Lord, I just come to you today, Lord, and I thank you for this county. I pray for all of the citizens here, Lord. I pray for our county leaders. I pray for our magistrates, for our judge executive, Lord. I pray that, that you lead them and guide them, Lord, and, and they seek your counsel and that they make wise decisions as they affect us here, Lord. I just pray you watch over them. I pray for the for the sheriff's department, Lord, and, and that you watch over them and protect them as they're out there protecting us, Lord. We thank you for them, and I just pray that you watch over us all, Lord, and that you restore this county to you, Lord. We just trust you and love you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we turn our attention to the city of Scottsville, we've got Mayor David Birch, City Council Members Beverly Anderson, Shane Blankenship, Franklin Foster, Heather Gatewood, Mark Huntsman, Michael Wilson. Now we thank you for this friendly city. We thank you for Scottsville. We thank you for the faith of so many, so many of our leaders here in this city. We ask you to, to grow that faith, to center it on the Bible, to use leadership platforms that you've given them to make the gospel easily proclaimed in this community. There are many here in this city that need to hear the gospel. And most of us aren't tasked with leading this city. But for those who are, let's, we give them to you. Help them to lead in a way that allows the gospel to be proclaimed. Take a moment and pray for our city leaders. God, again, we thank you for our city leaders. We ask that you work in their hearts. Give them strength to lead well. We'll move to the, our school system as we pray for our school leaders. 
Superintendent Travis Hamby, Deputy Superintendent Brian Carter, Board of Education Brian Selzer, Al Barman, Billy Turner, Stephanie Ashby, and Berlinda Basil. Let's pray for our school system. God, we have such precious gifts in our kids in this community. And for many hours today, they go to our schools. Our schools do a wonderful job of teaching our kids. As I look through the names of the leadership of our school system, there is so much faith in you amongst these leaders, and we thank you for that. That is a gift from you that is not necessarily a normal thing in the school world across the state and across the country, but here it's true. And we pray that the faith of the leadership in our school system, of our teachers, and those who work in the schools, that you would strengthen that faith. That you would give them the strength to withstand all that is thrown at them and make the gospel easily proclaimed by the lives and voices of churches and Christians in this community. Take a moment and pray for our school system. come to you this morning to pray for our schools Lord we pray for the leaders at the Board of Education to the, to the teachers to the coaches the school bus drivers each and every employee of our school district Lord because really and truly everybody associated with our schools is a leader Lord we send our most precious gifts there on a daily basis Lord to get the education they need and to be influenced by others so we just pray for each and every employee of our school district, Lord. Help them to help just lead, guide, and direct them to be the role model that we need in our schools, Lord. To, you never know when you're going to make that impression on a young kid. And help, help our leaders in our, our schools to grow these kids to be leaders that will lead our one day, Lord. That'll be the leaders that we're up here praying for then so we just ask that you be with uh be with everybody associated with our schools lord and uh help our school district to become and to continue to grow to be that destination school district lord that everybody wants to come be a part of dear lord we just pray for your continued presence on our school campus these things we pray and ask in jesus name amen so we're now going to transition and pray for all people. And we'll break that up into two different categories. We're first going to pray for our families, be that our biological families or our church family. So we'll, let's take a moment and pray for our families. And in this time, pray for salvation, pray for the gospel to be at work in their lives. But also, if there's health issues, any kind of supplication or request you want to make uh, to God, feel free to use this time as we pray for our families to do that. Let's pray for our families. God, we thank you for the good gift of family. We pray for the, the ups and downs of what all is associated with families. And Lord, I trust that you are at work in uh, the lives of uh, our families here at White Plains. And we, 
we give to you uh, the health concerns, the um, work concerns, all kinds of things that are on our minds as we think about each other, Lord, we, we give them to you and trust that you would be at work and make yourself known to our families as we go through those. Lord, we ask that the gospel be part of our family story, that you would use the gospel to penetrate the hearts of our family members, that faith would be born in those family members who haven't quite expressed it yet. We pray for, for our families and pray for strength to be, to be bold to share our faith with our families. That the gospel we proclaimed around the dinner table, in the van, around town, or that you would be on our minds, your word would be. Take a moment and pray for your families. Let us pray, church. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for everything that you've blessed us with. For our families, just not at home. It's here in the house of the Lord. We're grateful and beyond blessed uh, more than we realize. Um, just keep that in our minds and keep it in our hearts. And anything that we can do to help this church or help the community, please let us know, Father. Lead us and guide us and direct us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And let's pray for the last group, uh, for those neighbors in our community, those who live near here, live in our city, live in our county. Let's pray for them. God, we thank you for placing this church in this location where there are many people who live near this building and pass it every day. Lord, I pray that the gospel would be proclaimed here in this community, that our neighbors would hear the gospel, would know the gospel, and, and respond to the gospel. Would you use this church, would you use these people to share the gospel with our neighbors here in the community, those who live near our houses and who live, live near this building? Would we be known as a church who loves the community and we love them with the gospel? Pray for our community for a moment.
I thank you for hearing our prayers this morning. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you all for joining us in this extended time of prayer. That might have been a new experience or an uncommon experience for you. I would encourage you to spend time in prayer, praying for different things like this. Pray that the gospel would go out. Pray for our godliness to be used by God to share the gospel. I trust that God has heard our prayers and he's pleased with our effort this morning to live out what the Bible is saying to us. The whole point of these prayers this morning was that the gospel would go out. Well, what is the gospel? In 1 Timothy 2, 5, and 6, Paul continues with this, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. The Bible tells us there is only one God. That means there is only one being you can submit to as God. There is only one. Paul continues in that there's only one mediator between you and the only God, Jesus. Now, why do we need a mediator? Why do we need help? Because without Jesus, you are against God. This is what the Bible says in Romans. Romans 5, 10 and 11 say this, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more now that we are reconciled, Shall we be saved by his life? More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Without Jesus, you are an enemy of God. Now, you may not feel like an enemy of God, but the truth that's found in the Bible says, apart from Jesus, you are against God. But Jesus is the one who can make you right with God. He is the one mediator. This is stated over and over and over in the New Testament. The Old Testament points to Jesus. Jesus is the only way to be made right with the one true God. Jesus reconciles your life with God. He did this when he died on the cross to pay for the sins that you commit. When Jesus died on the cross, he took on your sins and paid the price that sin demanded, death. Jesus died for you. And we are saved by Jesus. You've not only been saved by Jesus, but you've been reconciled to the one true God by Jesus. In Christ, you are no longer guilty of the sin that plagues your life. In Jesus, you're no longer guilty of that sin. You are no longer broken. In Christ, you are new. In Jesus, God sees you as he sees Jesus, blameless. This is good news. This is the message of the church. This is the message that we have. This is the purpose of our praying for those who are in leadership, for our country, our state, our county, our city, our schools, our friends, our neighbors, our family. We pray for them so that we can live and proclaim this gospel message because God desires all to be saved. God desires that you are saved. So how do you respond to a message of the gospel? By faith. You trust in God. 
in the grace that God offers in Jesus. This generally begins with a mental acknowledgement of this truth. Then it gets to your heart and works, it, works its way throughout your lifestyle, a changed lifestyle that was different before you encountered Christ. Respond to the gospel by trusting that Jesus is who the Bible says he is. Rest in that grace to save you, as the Bible says it will. Then live it out in a way that looks like you believe in Jesus by being obedient to him and his word. I'll invite the worship team to come back up. Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Without Jesus, you will die. Now, this is not just death in this life. We all do that. But this death is a death that separates you from all that is good and all that is lovely for a future forever. That is the death that sin brings, separation from God and from goodness. But God gives you his grace in the free gift of Jesus. In Jesus, you will have life even after this earthly death. Life everlasting awaits those who put their trust and faith and follow Jesus and make him the Lord and center of their life. Will you follow Jesus today? We're going to sing in just a moment a song of invitation. And if you want to, to talk more about what it means to follow Jesus or ask questions about this or to make a decision for Jesus, this is your time for you to come forward and pray or to talk to me. I'm also available to discuss these matters throughout the week. Just don't put this off. Are you following Jesus? Will you stand as we pray? God, we thank you for this time, extended time of prayer, asking you to make life in this world, in this community, in this state, easier for the gospel to be proclaimed. Lord, give us proper motivation to live godly lives so that we can share this one message of Jesus being the one way to the one true God. Give us strength to do that. And for those of us who need to respond to that, Give us encouragement to follow through, to seek you out, to trust in you, and to live a life that shows the world that you are God. Thank you for Jesus, the one mediator between God and man. We thank you for him. In his name we pray. Amen.